The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with code CONTEST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers can use code CONTEST to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CONTEST. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over and physically present in Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time depositors who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as bonus bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey friends, it's me, Sharon McMahon, host of Here's Where It Gets Interesting. And we've been working hard on a new documentary series called Resilience that explores the incarceration of Japanese Americans in the United States during World War II. So join me as I talk with experts and share firsthand accounts that detail the resilience shown by 120,000 Japanese Americans who endured wartime imprisonment right here in America. And on October 24th, we'll conclude our series with a special episode. Actor George Takei sits down with me to talk about his family's experience behind the barbed wire fences of an incarceration camp. Don't miss it because here's where it gets interesting. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. gentlemen and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to stardom quest the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world i am as always alex and i am joined by dylan uh dylan today we have recorded when the news has happened and not the day before it happened this is a miracle this is a once in a generation occurrence for us how happy are you not very all the news sounds scary (laughs) (laughs) yes i don't like it well, we don't have to talk about some of it because uh, 
Well, some of it was in a different company, but you know, it's uh, just just as a note, it seems Stardom is letting Akiyasukawa use the the, the Akiyasukawa name and gimmick now or something. So she's uh, she's always been an actress girl. It's just for people who don't know, like she does still wrestle, um, uh, but she was wrestling as Wild Bunny. But it seems like now she's bringing back the actual act, which uh, I'm sure is going to excite a lot of people. So that's kind of cool. Um, Stardom did a lot, and I suppose there's only one place to start, which is with um, Unagi Sayaka. I never thought five-star GP final review, where Julia finally wins the big one and challenges Shiri, uh, would start with us talking about Unagi. She but... stays on the tip of your tongue, man. She, she, <laughs> That's true. She does not... <laughs> she, she's, still, she's still in the limelight, regardless of if she's in the mud oh. or not. So it it... All indications point to Unagi maybe softly leaving stardom. Um, she's not on any of the upcoming shows. She's not in Tag League. She obviously was booked very poorly in the GP that just passed. Um, and she uploaded to her YouTube channel today. And that's something that had gone kind of dormant since she joined stardom. Because I assume they don't let the wrestlers do that sort of stuff on the side. So all of that leads me to believe that her commitments to stardom are no longer a thing. Um, And at the moment, she's kind of saying, oh, I'm still in Cosmic Angels. No, she still has stardom in her bio. I think that's just one of those political things that they do in Japan where nobody throws each other under the bus. You know what I mean? It's always, oh, yeah, we'll be sure to work together. Everything's fine. And then... You know, they never work together again, right? Like Ice Ribbon, when Suzu and them left, Ice Ribbon and Suzu and all were like, oh, yeah, we'll still work together. We're going to, you know, be on shows together. Within three months, Suzu was in stardom, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I I would take the um, I'm in, still in Cosmic Angels thing with a bit of a, a grain of salt. But it seems I think like the only she's... The only thing that, like, I kind of, not like I'm holding on to hope or anything, but... The fact that pretty much everywhere has said a few weeks uh, makes me feel like either she comes back by like December or she just doesn't come back, right? Like this isn't like, oh, I'm going on an extended excursion, which is kind of what it is. Like she's, it kind of sounds like if if it is taken, if it is not taken with a grain of salt and it's taken as like truth that like, oh, she's just, you know, uh, going on a tour and wants to level up elsewhere. Uh like if she comes back by December and she's that's actually what it was, but like if she's just like you know like six months from now we don't really hear anything she's just wrestling around she's obviously very gone from the company, um, but yeah I mean I you know not to not to speculate too much but I think this if it if it had like a telltale sign it was probably stems from like Cinderella tournament, uh when she was, like, supposed to go to the finals, and then she simply didn't. Um, and since then, she's kind of been, like, treading water a lot. And Nats Boy joined, uh, Cosmic Angels, obviously Colors is around. So they kind of, like, usurped her, and here we are now with this uh, failure of a of a five-star. It It's weird, and Sunny went on record to say that there was some controversy backstage. I'm not going to... Uh, speculate too much on that but yeah so uh, it's a weird 
situation, some messy situation for Unagi. Um, it's a shame too, because I was actually really excited for the Pink Kabuki uh, tag league. I thought they could really like put some stuff together, but I guess it wasn't in the books. Yeah, yeah, no, it, I think it's quite surprising that it was her, you know, when, when it was kind of like, oh, maybe she's gone. It was like, Unagi, really? Because they put so much into Unagi last year. Um, if there was something backstage and things became untenable, then maybe letting her see out the contract and just kind of splitting days or whatever is the best way to go. Or maybe this is just a temporary, like, you're slumming it on the indies and we'll bring you back when we're ready. We don't really know. Because um, it could be either one. There's no official word. Everybody's just working off hearsay and translations and whatever Sonny said right now. Um, but it's definitely just an interesting interesting thing. Uh, this time of year will always be interesting. I joked about it last month. Like, this is contract season. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah, it's October like, 3rd. Like, this is when Jungle Kiona and Natsu left yeah. last year. It's when the jumps happened from TJPW to stardom. You know, marvelous... Yeah, like we're, we're it is contract season. Interesting stuff happens around this time of the year. Um, so you know stuff stuff might happen. Um, but we're just gonna have to wait for official word on Unagi. But to me, it seems like a very soft, kind of gentle. Uh, we're going our separate ways, kind of thing. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of heat. If she's still doing the JTO and Diana dates, that felt like here's the stardom wrestler coming to us. There mustn't be too much uh, kind of hatred between the two parties, but who knows, really? I mean, it's it's kind of, if anything, if it is like a pretty like, you know, obviously it's like not expressly said, but if it is straight up, she's gone. It's like a Juice Robinson thing, which I don't know if you've if you've seen about that. For the past like three weeks, Juice Robinson has been begging people to acknowledge that he's not with New Japan anymore, um, but he's. He still advertises as New Japan Pro Wrestling star of the Bullet Club, Juice Robinson. Uh, <laughs> so I imagine, like, it's very possible that for the next, like, month or so, Unagi's just stardom wrestling star of the Cosmic Angels, Unagi, even though she uh, might not have any relation to the company anymore. Uh, but again, this is this is all, like, speculation. So obviously, as somebody who has recently gotten very much, like, has, has gotten, I get it now. I get the Unagi thing now. I hope hmm. that she comes back. Um, I, I think she has a lot to give, and she has a lot to show in stardom. Uh, even if it's just as like a tag team champion, like I, I think that she there are places for her to be in stardom, and they kind of just like left her in mm-hmm. the mud. Uh, I know I make that joke a lot, but they literally did just leave her in the mud. So hopefully she can come back, and they can figure something out for her. But if not, you know, I'll I'll see her. Uh, I don't know. Where the fuck would she wrestle? I have no idea. <laughs> like, honestly. Because um, I doubt she goes back to Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, yeah. It's kind of a waste of somebody with her charisma if she's just slumming it in, you know, Oz Academy or whatever. No offense to Oz Academy. That'd but... be really funny. Honestly, uh, Unagi and Oz Academy, like, full time. That sounds funny. I, I would I would buy that. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know, she she definitely deserves to be in one of the big companies, um, and it would kind of be a waste of her her charisma and her obvious big fan base to, to kind of live out her days working Diana shows or whatever. But Alex, yeah, we'll have can, to wait and see. Can you can you give a gyan for the for the audience? No, I will not. Really? Actually, she should go to Sendai Girls and do gyan versus Q 
I think that would be the best thing. Yeah, honestly, right. fuck it. Send her to Senator Girls. I'm so oh, down yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. There. I did it. I did it, guys. Oh, yeah. I got you. All right. So that's enough about... Sorry. <laughs> that's enough about uh, Unagi Sayaka. We'll obviously talk more about the situation if there's ever any official word. But for now, um, it seems like we'll be how... seeing Eel <laughs> for, for a while. You said that, oh, all the news happened like today so we get to talk about it imagine if tomorrow it's like unagi is officially released from stardom like it's like oh well, <laughs> fuck um knock on with that it, that is slightly more than we know now because like she's basically yeah. gone now it seems like so i don't know um but uh there was a lot of other stuff happening today they announced the card for new blood five uh this is on october 19th so it's in about two or three weeks time uh they announced the match that is uh, Tomoka Inaba and Mirai of God's Eye are teaming with Nanami from Diana to take on Starlight Kid, Raka, and Haruka Umasaki. Um, another match is Yuna Mizumori, Waka Skiyama, and Mina Shirakawa versus Linda, Ram Kaichao, and Rina. Such a fuck team. Yeah. Uh, the next match is Suzu Suzuki and Ancham from Shinchu Girls versus uh, Hina and Lady C, That's and so then wild. we had we had our uh, three already announced matches, which was uh, My Sakurai versus Chanyota, uh, Momokoga versus Rhythm, and Hanan versus Ami Sore. My Sakurai um, ate a piece of raw meat on the presser. She did, she did, and she didn't die, which is incredible. She, she um, like it was real hard. It was real hard for her to, to like actually bite into it. Um, but yeah, and then also Chanyota did like a boxing thing with Rossi and he's like I don't want to be here no more man that that was that was that segment I love her she's great yeah, she's so she's fun great. Um, sign her sign her like, uh, <laughs> yeah listen Unagi's gone you you got to get another model in like let's go let's do it um yeah the the, the new blood cards have kind of settled in uh, a little bit you know when they first were announced it was like oh my god like it's her and she's in stardom and oh my god she's in stardom um, and now it's just kind of like, here's Linda. <laughs> and I'm like, Umis- all right. A pay- it, it's really just Umasaki getting a payday. Uh, yeah. Every couple months. Yeah. Like it's, it's such a weird thing. Cause I feel like they, they are, they do still want to have the good matches, but they're also just like, well, we, f- we thought Linda was enjoyable. So let's, let's bring Linda back and do Linda shenanigans. And, uh, let's have Unimizumori be a crackhead instead of, good wrestler it's uh it's a weird weird show it still has the flashes of of greatness i mean you have suzu suzuki on here so it's never gonna be that bad but uh she's tagging yeah, with anjam yeah it's just <laughs> an odd show I, I i like anjam but that's just a fucking that's a fuck team i'm gonna be honest very much so um but that is that is new blood we will uh we'll have to talk about it when it happens um there were some more announcements uh on the they announced the four competitors in the IWGP Women's Championship uh, Japanese bracket. So the matches are Momo Watanabe versus Mayu Iwatani in the first round, and Utami Hayashishita versus Himeka also in the first round. So uh, the winners of those two matches will face each other in the final of Same the day. Japanese block or no, next day. on the uh, Tachikawa Stage Garden Show. So, so the, is, uh, the first round is the 22nd, the second round is 23rd. Yeah. 
Um, so they're running back two matches from the five-star GP. Uh, the thing we thought with the points didn't come into play. They just had the faction leaders come out and decide. And then Mayu and Dutami were like, well, I'm, I'm picking myself, obviously. Like, uh, duh. Um, so Utami forgot is... she was booked. Like, Utami's yes. going to accidentally, like, beat Mayu somehow. And it's like, oh, sorry, Tana. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Um, they also announced that on the uh, Korkin show on the 22nd, uh, Alpha Female and Nanai Takahashi of the Neo Stardom Army will take on Julia and Mai Sakurai of Donna Del Mondo. So that's, uh, yeah. That's um, we'll talk about Alpha Female a little bit more later. Um, they also announced... Um, was I looking for? Um, nothing. Angry. Okay. No, we'll, we'll actually do the Royal Quest thing. Um, so Alpha Female, oh. as you might have guessed, uh, beat the Ava in, in the uh, first round match. So she is through to the semifinal where she will wrestle Kyrie at the Tachikawa Stage Garden Show. Um, it appears Ava, Alpha Female... The Ava tweeted that she was in the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Match, which is not only not true but also concerning. Singles. She said singles, so I think she's right. Fuck. Well, fuck. Concerning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much. Um, for those live in attendance, um, this show didn't air live. I don't think it airs until later this month, which is unusual yeah. for New Japan. Uh, a good friend of the show, Sondre, uh, has basically told us, and he's very nice, so he, trying to be nice could not come up with a lot of praise for this match <laughs> or for either Alpha Female or the Ava. He gave it two stars. And uh, for those who don't know, our good buddy Sandra rates out of six. <laughs> so it got two out of six. And I've seen so... him give a lot of five stars. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he, uh, he's a very generous wrestling fan. Um, and he, he gave it two. And he basically, the biggest uh, thing he could say was they did a few head drops and... Uh, had some passion, so that's it. That's all you need. So, that's all you need at this yeah. point in this late century. That's all you need is some passion. Yeah. So I don't think it was a, a runaway disaster, but it definitely wasn't good, and it doesn't seem like Alpha Female um, has improved at all since that she was last in Stardom. So um, that's gonna be fun. Her and Anai as a team is such a fuck you to everyone. Honestly. Why are we, what are we doing here? I think they could both be good with, like, someone to, like, work off of well. Like, yeah. maybe not alpha female, but, like, still to some degree, I think she could she could put something together. But I feel like they just, like, that's, that is a big, like, just, like, fuck you. We win and we ain't selling your shit and this is going to be bad. <laughs> like, that. Yeah. that's the that's the MO of uh, AF and Nanai Takahashi as a team. Very much so. Um... They announced the blocks and participants in this year's Goddess of Stardom Tag League. Um, so the red goddess block, they do, and I have them here. Uh, we have My Fair Lady, My Sakurai and Donna Del Mondo. Or no, My Sakurai and Lady C uh, in red goddess Such block. Such a good name. Bro. Very much so. Like, did you, the presser was great. Lady C was like just talking mad shit to My Sakurai. Um in like a really non-Lady C way, like she was just like really giving her shit, and I was like, "Damn!" And she's like, "She's like, what name you got? What name you got? Huh? What 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 should we call this? Huh?" And Masakura is like, "My fair lady." And Lacey's like, "Oh, that's good. 
That's good. You good. <laughs> I was like, she is good. That's true. That's really good. Um, so yeah, banger name. Yep. Uh, the next team is Karate Brave. This is Siri and Tomoka Inaba of Godzai. Uh, they did a full karate demonstration, just just cause. Um, Peach I'm calling Rock. them the KGs. I'm gonna be honest. The karate girls, come on now. Okay. Uh, Peach Rock, which is Mai Uitani and Momo Kogo, which is uh, very similar to, to Thunder Rock. Uh, then we have Mafia Bella, which is Julia and Tekla. Long live Tekla. Thank you. Like, Ooh. welcome back, Tekla. Uh, then we have Black Desire, Momo Anabe and Starlight Kid. Uh, we love Tokyo Sports, Saki Kashima and Fukikin Death. Uh, Mel Tear, Pam Nakano and Natsupoi. And then Aphrodite, Utami Hayashishta and Saya Kamatani. So you may be thinking, there can't be two block- blocks. All four of Stardom's biggest and best wrestlers are in this block. Dear listener, you are incorrect. One block is amazing and the other block... Looks like the worst thing I have seen it's in a long time. This... It's, a, it's a shame, too, because, I mean, they have two of the best tag teams. I'll give this them that. This is a World the Tag Blue League Bo- block. This is the... Super yeah. Junior Tag League block. This Super is Junior Tag League fun. used to be good. It used to be good. It, it, <laughs> Back when ACH good. was around, ACH and Taguchi, Super 69, that was pretty crazy. That, that, they, went, they went hard. Um, like, one or two people will respect that that reference, and I think yeah. it might be Zavi. Um, <laughs> and But no, so, yeah, the first, so Red Block is, like, good. Um, and then blue block, like you kind of want like cool stuff out of the tag league, kind of, especially when they announced that Nanai and you would be in it. So it was like, oh, like this is like a bit more open. Like there, there could be like teams that aren't just like house show teams and you get that. You you don't get that actually. (laughs) It's no, it's not great. So the, the lineup for blue, the blue goddess is uh, the new eras, which is Mariah and Amisore. The yes, uh, they, basically the new era Kyoko. Like they could have just they new run eras with that. of Kyoko and Noah. Yeah, like they could have run with that. We'd have we'd have let them, you know, just yeah. just like give us free tickets. Also, they're tagging with Nami, which yes. is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, the next match is Kawild Venus, which is Mina Shirakawa and Saki. Uh, they we found have a way w- to make both of their tag teams worse. Oh. Very much so. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have Wingori running it back. Hanan and Sai Ida. I cannot wait for Ida to be the pin eater for Hanan. That is going to be so funny. That's crazy, um, man. We have O2 Lion, which is Azumi and Miyu Amasaki, who were both born in 2002. Uh, we have Azumi looked like Miyu's mother. I'm sorry for interrupting. Azumi at the presser looked like Miyu's mother. Because Miu's just sitting there meekly behind her, and Izumi's just talking shit. And she gives the mic to Miu. She's like, go ahead, say something. Miu fucks up her line and just hands the microfilm away. <laughs> and that was... I was like, yeah, that's that's where we're at with, with Miu. Kevin ain't got it. Kevin just hasn't got it at all. Yeah. Um, next team is FTBC, Hazuki and Koguma. Uh, then we have Maihime, Mika and Himeka. Then we have 7-Up. And then I, Takahashi and Yu. Good and then to round it out, we have BMI 2000, Natsuko Tora and Raka. Okay, so. two things. Because I do want to talk very briefly about, because this is the press conference I actually like pay attention to. Um, so, Micah and Hameka, their shit was real funny, right? Because they're just funny. I love them. I've become very parasocial with Micah and Hameka. I just love them as people. Because um, this press uh, conference... Micah's heart eyes are very endearing. You just want her yes. to get the girl. Yes, exactly. Um, and in this case... Like, they were talking, obviously, uh, in case you didn't know, they got the match of the tournament for Red Stars in in uh, 
the five star, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And like they were like talking about it, and Mike is like, "Yeah, we we got this." We're blah blah blah. And then she takes she shows her ring to the camera. It's like on her on her pinky finger or whatever. It's like on her index, whatever. She takes it off. She forcefully puts it on on Himeka's ring finger. And I'm just like, damn, that's like the most aggressive proposal I've ever seen. And then Himeka just looks at it and looks at her and is like, my hand is bigger than yours. And then they can't take it off. They struggle to take it off for the rest of the presser. And I'm just like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, and then the Koopa Troop being back together is very happy. Um, <laughs> they were basically just talking shit to Nanai and you the entire time. Um, if you couldn't know, if you didn't couldn't tell, BMI 2000 is like a parody of Team 200 KG because uh, <laughs> it's like it's like yeah we fat. It's like <laughs> that, that's great. Um, and also, so the microphone situation. There's only a few microphones on the stage, right? And um, and I had a microphone in her hand after they were done talking. And Natsuko had a microphone behind Ruaka. But Ruaka's like, you know what? Nah. And she grabs the fucking microphone out of Nai's hand as forcefully as possible. Like, yeah, fuck you. And then she looks back and Natsuko has the mic. She's like, oh, okay. And she sets the microphone down. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you, you were just like antagonistic for nothing. Um, and yeah, I think I think the way that Oedotai can win me over is one, Natsuko being back. And two, with her and Ruaka just absolutely fucking tormenting 7-Up and the NSA. Uh, I think that's how Oedotai wins me over. Right. Okay. That's, uh, okay. Um, we'll have to talk more about Tag League uh, when it comes time to previewing it, because we do still have more news to get through. Uh, Stardom announced the full card for their pay-per-view on November 3rd. Uh, this is in Hiroshima, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes, yeah, it is. okay. Uh, in the opener, or what they have as the opener, I doubt this actually opens the show, we have the return of Konami, as she teams with Amisori and Mirai, versus Julia, Tekla, and Mai Sakurai of Donna Del Mondo. So, uh, welcome back, Konami. Oh, wait, 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 you, uh, you missed two matches. No, this is this this is the first one on the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Weird. The next match is a gauntlet tag team match. It is Suzuki and Koguma versus Sai, Ida, and Momokogo versus Azumi and Miyu versus Lady C and Waka versus Saki Kashima and Raka. So that is your get everyone on the card special. Uh, the next match, which is a very interesting one, is Himeka versus Yuna Mizumori. So um, Yuna has two stardom dates. As we said last week, she left Gato Move. She is in close with colors. Uh, the potential is there for her to join Unagi stardom. Nagi is no longer... Uh, yeah, here. Nagi, you know, there's a spot there. Um, she is also on an upcoming Ice Ribbon show, uh, yeah. like a princess. They've done this show. princess brand thing that I haven't wrapped my head around, uh, and she's on that. But that might just be, like, something she agreed to beforehand and is just seeing out, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but definitely some interesting stuff there with Yuna working stardom a bit more and getting a singles match on pay-per-view, which kind of tells you a lot. Um, yeah. That could be very good if Yuna is her proper self and not doing bits. Um, uh, the she next bits, that's funny, you know. Uh, kind of. Um, the next match is a Goddess of Stardom Championship match. It is Tam Nakano and Natsupoi defending against Starlight Kid and Momo Anabe. Uh, the match after that is a Wonder of Stardom Championship. Sayaka Matani defends against Mina Shirakawa. 
And then uh, we have Mayu Utani versus Alpha Female Special Singles Match. <sighs> um, we have the Revenge Match, Utami Haishishta versus Natsuko Tora. So that is probably uh, Natsuko uh, just coming back to the ring. And then the presumed main event is a World of Stardom Championship match. It is Siri defending against Micah. So uh, bit of an up and down pay-per-view. Nice to see Yuna. Nice to see Konami. Uh, Natsuko Tora's back. Don't know how that match is going to go. I will warn everybody, she has been out injured for a long time. And those injuries do slow people down and cause a lot of rust. So uh, Natsuko you, wasn't the fastest to begin no, with. No. Like, you might want to give her time to ease back yeah. in. Um, so that might not be great, but she's doing her best. Um, and then, you know, we have the typical kind of running back challengers kind of thing. You know, Siri's going to defend against Micah because Micah is Zack Sabre Jr. She challenges after a tournament. So she loses. Um, I, I mentioned I mentioned this before. I know we have a lot to get through, so I'm going to be really quick with it. Sherry just completely buried Micah at the presser. Like she was like, yeah, sh- yeah, I lost. And that was very embarrassing for me. Um, it was a failure of myself and not a victory from Micah. And I will make sure that it never happens again. And Micah's like, bro, what the? Really? <laughs> That's how you're building this match? God damn! And that that was that was the press. Hardcore. That is yeah, it was hardcore. real harsh. I was like, God damn, sure he didn't have to be all like that. But you know, I guess I guess uh, ponytail Bushido is very much in the ground. Uh, are DDM and Godzai still the same group? Because uh, yes, oh boy. yes. Um, but they hate each other. You know. Yeah. I guess that's so, so mean. Um, like they were, they didn't have any beef, bro. <laughs> that was all Julia and Sherry, and then Sherry's like, "Yeah, she's so beneath me, bro." <laughs> uh, the important thing to me is that Alpha Female is wrestling Mayu here, so they are not doing that as the final of the tournament. Surely, true. Like that's um, that's kind that's of a giveaway. Mayu Kairi, yeah, yeah. Like, although, why would you keep Alpha Female around if she loses the? Just the NSA, brother. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a nice tell. Is that if they're doing this match here, then I I doubt they run it back as the final of the tournament. But um, as Joe Joe Lanza of the Voice of Wrestling flagship, um, I know some people don't trust VOW as a source. Um, but he basically said that the IWGP Women's Belt is almost entirely made for international shows. Um. Some elder statesmen in New Japan don't want the belt on New Japan shows. They're just going to have to deal with that. So I doubt it's going to have a huge presence in Japan on New Japan shows. It is mostly to get stardom wrestlers on, you know, shows like Royal Quest or, uh, you know, big, strong shows. So I think the the importance of that belt is going to be really weird because it's going to have a cap on it because they're obviously not going to, like you know, put the women over any of these like veterans who are like, hey, I don't I don't wanna lose my spot to these girls or whatever. Um and if it's made for international audiences, that's always kind of a B or T B or C level effort from New Japan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh herald back to a, a quote from John Mulaney. This sounds like it's like something you you wait out, brother, because uh <laughs> them motherfuckers ain't gonna be around for very long. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> whether whether they die or retire, it ain't it ain't that far away. Um, but no, I mean I I could see that, but also I don't think it's like as crucial. As, I mean, like what did we expect? Like four shows a year 
on the New yeah. Japan. Yeah. And then maybe it's, it's like just once in a while they... on Stardom and then mostly across seas, right? That's yeah, that's right. pretty much what we expected. Um this idea that like, oh, the, the old guard doesn't like women. It's like, damn, that's crazy. You, you I, I was unaware. Like <laughs> I, I don't think it's that big of a like crazy thing. I think it'll still have importance, but I think it will definitely be like uh, a background. That's why I kind of see it going with the SWA belt and like the SWA belt being like it's like Avatar almost because <laughs> it's like I imagine they kind of go hand in hand and one of them is just supposed to be more prestigious than the other. Yeah. Well, it's just I think that maybe this uh, we have to tone down what people want from this belt because it really is just a touring belt essentially um, rather than a super prestigious New Japan opportunity. But you know, um, at show anyway on November third has its ups, has its downs. Should be uh, should be okay though. I think a lot of the matches will deliver. Um, but it's definitely that post tournament lull where you, you know a lot of the stuff is predictable. Um, Tam and Nats Boy versus Kid and Momo though that should that should kick ass. That should be very good. So uh, looking forward to that. It's a very um, new opinion. Of course. Um, I suppose after all that, what we're here for is the final of the five star Grand Prix. And there's no better place to start than uh, Julia finally won. Um, it's been three years, essentially, of waiting for her to finally get it. And, and she did it. And she uh, she's challenged Shiri. Like, the matches is made. Her, her versus Shiri at, at Dream Queendom. So that's that's your main event there of basically Stardom's Wrestle Quick Kingdom equivalent. Um, at this stage, there's like a 0% chance she doesn't walk out as world champion, right? Like, there's no... It's not a hope. Like, it's it's her time, right? Um, There is a chance that she walks out without the belt. Um, really? But I imagine if that were to happen, Shuri would drop it to Utami soon after, and then Utami would drop it, like, by the summer of next year uh, to Julia. But that's just if they kind of want to like throw you off because the past couple years it's just been five star winner wins the belt, five star winner wins the belt, five star winner wins the belt. Uh, Julia could lose and then win it in a few months. Like I could definitely from a new champion, uh, especially a repeat champion such as Utami. Um, that's the only other vision I have of it. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's like similar to how I thought about the entire five star. I am like you can make like these roadmaps in your mind of like crazy things that could happen to lead to a final point. Um, or Julia could just win. Right. So like, yeah. that's kind of where we're, that's, that's again, where we're at with the, with the winning the belt. I could see them kind of like throwing you off the scent, giving her a couple months and then her winning it. Like, fuck, she wins the second Cinderella and fucking goes back. Like, I don't know, something stupid. Like they could definitely do that, but it's, it's probably just Julia at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, though, because I mean, coming out of this, she really feels like they've they've gone all in on kind of making her a central top star. You know, they did it with Utami, they did it with Siri. Now it's Julia's turn, um, and you know, I feel like not having her win the belt would almost be a bad decision. It is just time. She she has so many challengers ready and waiting to to fight that. She could easily carry that belt for over a year, and she wouldn't run out of stuff. So, um, 
You know, this is uh, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, as soon as she won Cinderella in what twenty twenty or twenty nineteen, I was like, all right, this, this she's the one. Like this, this is gonna be great, and uh, they did it in a really great way as well, which I'll obviously talk about. But I feel like eating two of your like biggest rivals in super hot matches. There's literally no better way of like pulling the trigger on somebody than that. Even better than than series. Well. It's kind of on par with Siri's because they went, you know, they it's did fall the in with Siri as well, where she, you yeah. know, the lengthy draw with Takumi in an amazing match, and then, you know, got a win over Momo, and you know, Julia kind of did the same, and see how much That's that benefits Siri. When we get into the meat and potatoes of the review, uh, mm-hmm. is the comparison between Julia and Siri. Um, yeah, but definitely. yeah, I mean, I've been on the Julia train far less time than you. I mean, sometimes I, I literally just like fall off the train like every couple months because Julia. Um, but no, I, I'm very happy that she won. I feel like it, it was time, you know, like mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, like <laughs> you're kind of waiting for it. Right. If you're not a fan of Naito uh, in 2017, I don't know what to fucking tell you type of thing. Right. Where it's like, <laughs> sorry, like it's this is this is what you got to be wait like this is what people were waiting for um i was happy with the decision obviously um especially compared to who she was up against i was surprised that a lot of people thought tam was winning um like i saw that a lot on twitter and i was like how did you really like i I was very shocked that like there was like a a lot of hope uh amongst tam fans and just amongst like stardom fans in general that tam could win and i was like that just didn't seem plausible but you know, who am I to say anything? We can get into the review and get into it a little bit more deeper, if you'd like. Definitely. Um, to start off with, they did 2,500 fans for this show, um, which is a pretty solid number. Like, it's up, what, 1,000 from last year's final? Um, yeah. And it's going to stand as one of their bigger numbers of the year. Uh, they, they, they're they still trying to break through that 3 top mark. Then all time, isn't it? Yeah, possibly. Um I assume they're only going to break through that three thousand mark for for the Sumo Hall shows for the foreseeable future because they they do run a lot of these big shows and they they seem to cap out at this kind of level, um, which isn't bad by any means. I mean, a lot of companies that bite your hand off for twenty five hundred people in in attendance. Um, it's kind of interesting to see that this was such a big final show and it didn't match kind of the Sumo Hall shows, but you know, it's still a good number. Yeah, it it was uh, yeah, it's what number six of all time, um, for stardom. So that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah, good number. I like the venue. I thought that the venue was like well, yes, like the the way it, it the acoustics were very good. Um, uh, why didn't they chant? I mean, I know we talk about this every fucking week, but why didn't they chant? Like, why why can't they just <laughs> say, "Hey, go ahead"? Like, it's not that hard. But yeah, that's that's discussion for another day. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do agree though, this venue was, was fantastic. Um, if I'm them and I'm going all out ballsy, uh, I'd run the first two days of the tournament here next year. Like it's, it is that good as a venue. I would love to see the, the big intro they do in this venue. It would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? One, two, four of their shows this year are in their top 10 of all time. So they're having a good ass year. Um, yeah. Yeah, this was this was their second biggest of the year. Uh, first was in Ria Goku, as you said. But yeah, you know, like they're having a good year. Yeah, no, I mean, look, the the growth is uh, the growth is there for anyone to see, um, and it's just going to continue. 
Um, but I suppose we get on to the review because this was an excellent show and we've been waiting to talk about it. Uh, so in the opener, it was a Blue Stars block match. It was Mirai beating Saya Ida in just under seven minutes. Uh, this was this was really good. This was all Hoss stuff. Just really cool lariats. A lot of intensity. Uh, I love Ida's new move where she just has to leap and headbutt her opponent in the tit. It is diving Kokeshi, yeah. fantastic. Because it, it is just like, yeah, why like why wouldn't you do that? Um, you know what's actually funny is that <laughs> Kurt Stallion did that move, and Ida has done it for two months and did, does it better. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that was like, it, that, that's funny. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Hell yeah. Um, and Mariah, Mariah was amazing. Uh, I feel like uh, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. At I stage. mean, Ida's. Ida's selling was great. Like Mirai mm-hmm. won by it looked like stretching every limb on Ida's body to the point where it was just it crumbled. Uh, Ida yeah. just sold the shit out of it, and obviously Mirai's great. So yeah, uh, good finish to both of their good tournaments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next match then was a miniature Kawa beating Natsupoi in just under eight minutes with a figure four leg lock. Um, I've seen a lot of praise for this one. And I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, they tried to do the Tams Road stuff, but just a week ago they were spraying each other with water guns, and their feud has been built entirely on Twitter, where Natsupoi like retweeted a two-month-old tweet. So it felt very artificial for them to be like having this dramatic. That's crazy. That is match. crazy. That this is that this is the this is the Tams Road match of the night that you don't like. That is insane. No, I thought this match was fine. Um, I thought that the Tam Road early on was like, oh my god, we're doing this, are we now? Uh, especially they did a shot where they started the match instead of shaking hands, they sat down and started like slapping each other real slow oh, and god. shit. Yeah. And like they did a camera shot of over Tam's like head and her just nodding. And I was like, this is. I can't say that word. This is really, really dumb, okay? <laughs> like, this is really dumb. Um, and then, like, I thought Mina, like, kind of brought it back. She really laid her shit in. She got her back fists back. She hasn't done them all tournament, and I've been waiting for them. And she really laid that shit in, like, heavy in this one. Um, and then her dragon screws were really clean. I've said this before, that I have PTSD from group dragon screws, because they, like, ruined so many of my favorite title reigns because Tanahashi just fucked everybody with the fucking dragon screw. Um and hers were as good as that. So shout out to her for that. And then the figure four was actually good. Like the figure four Natsupoy sold it well. Mina like got it on and it looked clean. It was one of the better figure fours I've seen in like legit decades at this point. So I mean shout out to them. I thought it was a good match. Um I enjoyed it quite a bit. Even in spite of the early Tam Road stuff, because that was terrible <laughs> it was very artificial um yeah yeah, yeah. It went from spraying each other with water guns to uh sitting down and trading i do slaps. i do want to say a bit of an i told you so uh not because mina didn't leave but mina was like yeah I- i'm your friend but i also fucking hate you i hope you know that tam you picked the wrong tag partner fuck you Cosmic Angels, yay! And I was like, what the f- What just happened? That's the thing as well. They were just in a Cosmic Rules match, and you're just like, how does that compute at See, all? you're you're thinking way too much about this Cosmic Rules match. Did it make you feel some type of way? Is that the issue? Yes, I hated like, it. I, I told you this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe feel icky. See, it, it's, it's funny, because you're the only one who brings it up. But anyways, no, I, I did find it really funny, because like, we look back at when Natsupoy first joined, 
And Natsupoi was like, it's going to be the Natsupoi revolution. And then Mina's like, no, it's going to be the Cosmic Angel revolution. Be one with the team, motherfucker. Come on now. And then now, after this match, he's like, the Mina revolution will live on. I will, I will dethrone Tam as the leader of this goddamn group. Also, they're my homies still, though. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> That's not how this works. Like, is she that much of a non-issue that, like, she's just like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to revolt against this group, and I'm going to become the leader of it. And Tam will have to, like, I will, I will defeat, I will overthrow Tam. And Tam's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm busy. It's like, it's such a strange way to run this story. I get that Mina can't really go anywhere else. Uh, like, no other faction really makes sense for her. But that's just weird. Like, that's such a weird story. Uh, yeah, I thought the match was good, at least. Mina is weird. I think that's that's yeah. her thing. Yeah. That's her vibe. Good now. tournament, though. Had, had a good tournament. Yeah. She, I, I said this, she somehow reinvented her midway through the tournament as this, like, kind of kicky, kind of submission-based limb-targeting wrestler, and it works. And it's, She's it's, not it's bad great. at it. Like, it took her a couple matches, but she, like, is genuinely quite good yeah. at it. Because she, uh, they did the Julia match, and it wasn't established for the Julia match, so it felt like they were taking the night off. But then she kept doing it, and you were like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then... Yeah, like, then... The, the Julia match and the Ami match were both, like, very much, like, figuring it out. But then yeah. after that, she's just been, like, having good, like, good performances with it. Even the match with Hanan, like, was pretty well done. Mm -hmm. uh, just overall, like it's it's actually kind of insane how well she's been adjusting to this stuff. Yeah, long may it continue because uh, her versus Saya could be very great, and uh, that's what we want. Or we get the Joker baby. I don't think she'd do that. I feel like she would have teased it already. Um, she did. She started crying and then started laughing maniacally. Ah shit. Okay. I don't know if she does that again. I swear they they, rele <laughs> they released the wrong one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so mean. It's true, but it's mean. Uh, um, anyway, the next match of the show was Mom Watanabe beating Hazuki in ten and a half minutes with a Peach Thunder. Um, that's kind of misleading because she completely murdered her with like two different weapons and then pinned her. Because uh, yeah. uh, they had a very great match as well. Obviously, this was very similar to their uh, their Sumo Hall match. They just kind of went in and did violence. Um, Hazuki you know... had the match basically won. Yeah. Only for Tora to pull out the ref, and then a way to tie just murdered her. So uh, it was kind of cool. So the presentation of Momo here was cool, right? Yes. She brought the oh, bat, amazing. which I, like, obviously I'm not, like, a big weapons guy. I'm not a big heel guy at, at this point in my wrestling viewing. I think it's kind of just, like, overdone. But if Momo's going to have any weapon, her using a baseball bat when, as a kid, as a kid wrestler, she was known as, like, the baseball girl, the softball girl. I think that's great. I think that mm -hmm. is such a great, like, I don't know. You could look back at like her first five matches and her with the, with the baseball cap and the wiffle ball and with the wiffle ball bat. And it's like, that's, and now she's here, like trying to bludgeon people's heads in with a bat. That is cool. Like objectively. Um, I, I think Hazuki has become one of the best wrestlers on the roster at working against the Oedo time matchup. Um, uh, and I think that's kind of crazy considering how naturally she was a heel for so long uh, that she is like probably the best baby face on the roster when it comes to working against Oedo Tai consistently. Um, so, I mean, like, shout out to her. I thought this match was really good. Uh, Dave Meltzer actually said that this 
he thought this would be the match of the night. He obviously does not think that anymore. But that this was his pick. So uh, wow. that kind of tells you how good they both are. And yeah. they did have a really good match, right? Um, obviously, it, it like it's still the weapon stuff, which, you know, give or take, I thought this was like a well-done version of that. And it was nice to see Hazuki get the visual um the visual win it's also fuck you know what i'm going into old head mode oh dude. no please no no dude the hazuki we have, we fucking... have so much to do <laughs> i know i know but i just thought about it one of my favorite fucking matches ever was hazuki versus momo and hazuki used the chair and hit the fucking move on the chair and then the ref was like no you use the chair you can't win and then momo won and now hazuki hit her move had a visual win again Got, the ref got pulled out, and then Momo used the chair. That's such crazy synchronicity right there. Uh, I'm talking about the match from 2018, the white belt challenge that Hazuki had against Momo. If you guys want to check it out, very good match. I, I just I just connected those dots. Really cool. I, I thought those matches were pretty good. Yeah, it was great. Um, and Momo, despite some hand-wringing, uh, ended her tournament with a win over Mayu, Julia, and Hazuki, and another big name that is escaping me. So. Um, you know, she she comes out of the tournament looking pretty okay. Because uh, I know for a while people were like, see, she's just a loser. Look at how many little points she has. And it's like, all right, yeah, but she beat she beat Mayu. <laughs> like, she's fine. Um, Momo beat Natsupoi. Momo beat Mayu. Yeah, Momo like, she, beat she beat a lot of the yeah. big hairs, definitely. Um, the match after that, then, was uh, probably the worst match of the show, which was uh, oh, Sai yeah. Kamatani and... Yeah, Saikamatani Amisore wrestled to a double countout in eight and a half minutes. Uh, the finish was so poorly done with the. It the could have out. been done so much better with just like slightly better timing than they had. Yeah, but even like counting that, I don't think they worked well together at all. Um, no, not really. Like they didn't click. Saya's offense, like Ami, just couldn't take some of it. Like she just wasn't able to take the moves. It was really to strange. the point that at one point it felt like Saya started trying to stiff her. So that she would take the mo- like certain moves. Yeah. Like I remember there was a certain hook kick that just caught Ami hard, bro. You know, or maybe it was a Spain wheel kick. I think like it just it just killed her, right? Uh, yeah, it was it was a bit it was very messy. It wasn't even a bit messy. It was very messy. I didn't think it was bad, but it definitely wasn't good. So I I get why people were like, damn, on this really good card overall. Uh, it was definitely like a very weak spot. It lost a lot of momentum. Obviously, it got picked back up in the next two matches, but it was mm-hmm. it was a it was a mess, right? It was yeah. a messy performance. Um, I like Ami. Like, I'm very very much noted as an Ami fan. Uh, but her last two matches completely exposed her weaknesses because I, I, I think, think it was Suzu and Saya she wrestled, and I was like, all right, yeah, that's that that's her issue because Ami good. had the worst tournament in Blue Stars. I'm gonna be honest. Like Hanan had Whoa. a very good, had a very consistent tournament, at least, right? I don't think any of Hanan's matches, except for the one against Ida, was like not good, right? I think they were yeah. all good, at least, you know, like they weren't great, but they were all good. I'd say Ami was pretty inconsistent. Her best matches were not that great, um, and her worst match was probably worse than anybody else in the tournament. Uh, that being said, I still think Ami rules. I think she's great. Like, I think she's a very good wrestler, and she has a lot of potential. Yeah. Uh, this is just a crazy tournament. Um, but she definitely had the weakest of the Blue Stars block, especially. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can get that. Like, she uh, she definitely, some of her weaknesses were put on display a few times. Um, and that's just stuff for her, her to work on. Um, the next match... I will then, say, 
what, one more thing about Ami is that she did tweet before this match that she didn't think she was going to win. So she was just going to keep Saya from getting them two points. And she did that. <laughs> so, you know, Google Translate these wrestlers' tweets uh, because they will give you a little bit of insight to how the match is going to go. Uh, similar to the Saki uh, Azumi match. That it's just like... That's great. Oh, I think I know how this is going to go now. Yeah. Uh, the next match on the show was Mayu Utani beating Starlight Kid in 13 minutes with a dragon suplex. Um, so much to take away from this. Uh, obviously, it was a great match. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Like, uh, I think that hold for hold, this is probably the bo- the best classical wrestling match on the card, um, in my opinion. Because like the the other matches that were like really good or that people think are really good, uh, definitely had like an emotional element to them or had like a certain like uniqueness to them. This as a classical wrestling match of just them doing the wrestling was probably the best of like just them doing the wrestling moves, uh, which is a weird way to kind of uh evaluate it but i I genuinely think this is a really good match sorry for interrupting okay um but yeah no this this is a great match one of the best matches of the show uh without a doubt um and i I, what's more important than the work was obviously some of the the story threads that they they kept in it um first one the most important one to me is that the gap is closing like the kid at least twice was on the verge of beating mayu which compared to last year, where it felt like Mayu just kind of dog walked her in the final day, like this, this was Kid almost winning, only for Mayu to to pull it out of the bag. So I think that's the important thing is that obviously the very long term play is Kid beating Mayu, getting the push. Um, that might be happening sooner than I thought because they really did close the gap between them quite a bit in this match. Um, like I really thought there were I was two or three scared. times. Yeah, like there, there was that one uh, leg destroyer, uh, where I was like, "Oh, Mayu's, ghost, Mayu's yeah. gone!" Like Mayu's I, I started audibly saying, "Like, reach the fucking rope, reach the yeah, fucking yeah. rope, Mayu, reach it!" <laughs> like I was like, at, like I was like in it. Like that's what I mean. Is that like, yeah, like the Suzu match against Julia had like obviously that like that like ingrained like emotion to it, mm. as did a few other matches. I felt like this match, like it got me. With the story, because obviously there's a story there, but they just did the move so well. And they just did every, like, it just was a very, I've said this before about Mayun's kid. They know how to deliver the perfect wrestling match, right? Like, they know how to do it. They don't always do it, but they can, right? And I won't say this is the perfect wrestling match, but it's near perfect, right? Like, they they just know how to work together. It's almost incredible. Um, And also, Mayu hit the grossest tombstone. So... Yes. That obviously is great. <laughs> um, the other thing that really stood out was was again that Starlight Kid facade fell at one point when she realized she couldn't beat Mayu, and so she just starts wailing on her, and like the confident heel just completely vanished again. Um, and it's it's quite apparent that that happened against Julia and Mayu, right? Like that's uh. We talked about it last time, like this kid facade thing almost feels like a character she's putting on and intentionally not doing well at, because uh, deep down she is still the same Starlight Kid, and it was just interesting to see her again completely lose that facade when, when things got tough. Um, and then she lost that strike exchange with Mayu as well, that's what cost her, because Mayu was like, these forearms ain't shit, and just started beating the hell out of her. Um, yeah. I thought that was really, really... Uh, evident again was just that 
disappeared sometimes when the emotions get to her she just completely lets that heel character go which i i I feel like is the point almost at this stage given she's done it so often um but it's it's very it's one of those things in fact i saw a tiktok about this when it comes to music is that it's like people people will like it's experimental right like this starlight cave character is very experimental because if this is how we think it is she is a baby face uh playing a heel who while still like truly being a baby face and all of this is in kayfabe because she's a person playing this character it's a very like experimental character and i am at the point where it's like experimental is not you know, it, it, you can criticize experimental while still respecting the experiment. I think this experiment is really dope, but that's yes. why I criticize it so much. You know what I mean? Like, but this match was great. Like, don't get me wrong. Starlight Kid had a great tournament. In fact, I'll give her that. She had a mm-hmm. inconsistent, good tournament though. Uh, like her, her peaks were very, very high. So this was a really good match, but I, I do think that this, this character has more layers to it than, uh, than I think many people think. And I think yeah. that's a reason why it's better than even I give it credit for sometimes. Yeah, something really snapped with me on this show where I saw all of it with Starlight Kid. You know, I've hyped Kid up a lot, like we have hyped Starlight Kid up a lot, but today, or not today, when I watched this show, I got it. I was like, when they decide to pull the trigger on this woman, they've got a generational baby face there. Like, there's, you could just feel it. Like, they, p- people want to get into her. She's even got her own clap thing over. Um, which is funny that she that she Miss Black Desire stole from Xavier Woods. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh my God, I saw I, we we made that joke no, while watching no, this at the no, watch party. No, no, not we, not me and no. you. I think it might have been me and Velke, or maybe it was who was I don't remember. Um, maybe it was Spanner, but we made that joke. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> Sorry. That is horrendous. Anyway, um, yeah, Starlight Kids Tron. The community. Starlight Kids Tron was uh, amazing. That was the star power was just there, um, and I'm at the point where if I'm Stardom, I seriously consider having Kid win the GP next year. Um, I don't know if that's uh, crazy. I would have I like her. The, I, like I, Cinderella winner. I would have her beat Mayu in the final next year, and then lose to Julia at Dream Queendom. Just go, go for it. Just do lose it. Lose to just, Julia. Pull the trigger on kid and do it like next year. That's what I would do because you can, you can do her and Julia again with a stip down the line. Then, um, but I would I would seriously consider kid winning this tournament next year if I was them because she's just ready. Like the crowd is ready, she's ready. It's there whenever they want it, and it's gonna work, like no matter what. So I don't know. Something just completely I... snapped with me on this show where I went. She is she is the one. She is it. I don't see. Uh, five star winner kid anytime soon personally uh, but she definitely she's up there for Cinderella of next year like mm. she's I could see her winning that 100% um, I, I don't I don't think I see five star anytime soon for her it just doesn't really I, I it just doesn't make sense in my brain yet I, I can see where you're getting at but it, it just doesn't make sense for me yet uh, that's fair enough um so the last match of the Blue Stars block was Julia beating, or no, she didn't beat Suzu. Uh, Julia and Suzu Suzuki wrestling to a 15-minute time limit draw. Um, so things played out as we had expected, with uh, Mayu beating Kid, uh, Saya going to the draw, 
Um, and has a losing to Momo, which made this big match. And then it went to a draw, as we had predicted. Um, I thought this was an excellent match. I feel like that's maybe a hot take, almost, because I've, I've seen a lot of people kind of down on it, but I was just ready, you know? I was just ready to see it. Like, this is one of the rare times where I went into it just just to see them square off. Um, I think... I think there was a lot of criticism of the uh there's there's a very common criticism which I think is kind of dumb outside of like WWE like sports entertainment thinking of they hate each other why are they grappling um cuz that came about when uh John Moxley like made fun of Seth for like just like like it was like real like human shit that was really dumb you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you killed my wife and kids. Why are you grappling? Yeah, that makes sense. These two just like had beef from another wrestling company in a very wrestling standpoint. So of course they're gonna grapple, right? Like I think I think that's one thing that I get kind of annoyed about is the uh, why are they grappling if they hate each other so much? It's like because they're wrestlers. Like that's what that's what you do in a wrestling match. But um, but I will say I probably wanted a bit more of the Suzu like stiffness that she brought early on. Yeah. I wanted that to be a bit more of the match than them having a wrestling match. So I get that part, but I don't think that them grappling was like a bad thing. I thought it was, it was fine, but it would have been a lot cooler if they just kind of stiffed each other the entire way through, which they did. They didn't not do that, but I, I think it could have, it could, they could have given a bit more uh, in different places. The thing right? is, if that makes sense. they, they, oh, definitely, it was a great match though. Yeah. I mean, they left more, because they're gonna run this back, you know, yeah. like that much is obvious. Um, like I thought for a first ever match with a fifteen-minute cap on a show like this, they gave about as much as you could ask for, um, while obviously leaving so much in the back pocket, which I think is impressive. Um, the the visual to start the match was so interesting, right? Like I've never seen yeah. two wrestlers fight into hold back tears before the bell even rings. It was so interesting. Um and it made the entire match just kind of that much better. Uh I did I think I was sold on it towards the end and they recreated the Takumi and Mio spot where yeah. Takumi knew the clock was winding down. She knew she wasn't gonna lose and so she just let Mio pound or Mio pound on her the entire until the bell rang, right? And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then Julia immediately, when the bell rang, like collapsing her into a hug. It was it was fantastic. Um, I thought, like as far as the story goes and playing off the emotion and everything else, I thought this was excellent. Um, I wouldn't say it's a match of the year. You no, know, I feel like there's a few matches now that have established themselves as like firm match of the year for me. That mm-hmm. this this won't be the match of the year, but it'll maybe be a top ten kind of match. Um, so I, I really loved it. I thought there were so many different interesting things to it with, with how they played off each other. Um, I also loved how they were... St- like, Julia is so smart sometimes. She hasn't used the Northern Lights bomb at all since her injury. Yeah. And she teased it here. And I was like, oh, she's eaten, you know, whoever with it in the final. And then she... Like, that is so smart to me. Just, just stuff like yeah, that. Where she's since, like, last year? Yeah. Like where she's yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, I haven't used this move that I've that was like a killer move for me, um, so I'm gonna tease it in this first match on the show and hit it on the second one, 
and just to add to this to the second match. Like I thought that was so smart. Um and yeah, like the, the post match stuff was very interesting. It was kind of like they left all of their hatred out there in the ring, they got it all out, but there's they still are very competitive. They're still rivals, yeah. Yeah. So thought they did about as much as you could ask for from them, knowing that they're gonna do it again. Um so I, I don't know, I thought it was amazing and just all around and kind of every way it could have been. Yes, it could have been a bit more violent, but that's that's what you say for the second match. Hopefully in a death match. Um <laughs> uh I loved the finish. I thought that I have been very critical. I think it was the Hameka Shuri match, the title match earlier this year, of when matches when wrestlers like throw all of their moves out because it's that type of match, and then there's nothing left, right? Um, This is the case for Suzu here. But it was perfect, because the timing of it happened to be 15, 20 seconds before the the time limit expired. So after hitting the tequila shot, after getting the tequila roll-up, I forget what it's called, um, failing after hitting her locomotive Germans, failing, she just realized that there was nothing left, right? And what do you do then? You just start to hit them as hard as possible, and hope something happens, right? Mm-hmm. Even though there's nothing that's going to happen, you just start to hit them as hard as possible because there's nothing else you could do. That's a very real feel. There's a real, very real feeling to that, right? Like just in life, when you feel you've done everything you can to do anything, you just throw everything you possibly can at the wall and just start banging at at the fucking wall, right? Like yeah. that. That's perfect. I think that's like a perfect ending to a match like this. And then Julia just hugging her afterwards and Susan just like kind of pushing her off like man <laughs> like I, I think that was that was a great finish um and yeah I thought this was a really good match I thought it was Julia's best match of the night uh and I enjoyed it a lot yeah no it was it was amazing um it seems very apparent to me and I know we said this already but Suzu she's she's with stardom for the long run really yeah um i don't know if she ever signs because again prominence is always going to be kind of a, a thing um but she's she's here for the foreseeable like you don't do this and you don't leave so much of this on the table unless you know you can run it back um so i don't know like i mean she's on she's on fucking new blood you yeah know, in a very she, normal match she works know, a lot of stardom like the, you know, she works yeah. a lot of these dates, and she's not in tag Which, league, sadly. But you know, yeah, I think you know what that's that's what that's why I think tag league is missing is prominence. Honestly, like I know that they have yeah. very busy schedules, but if Blue Block had prominence in it, it, it would have been a lot better. I'm gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, but yeah, I thought this match was really really good. I think Suzu probably stays with prominence, but I think prominence and and. Uh, I almost called Stardom AJW. Uh, I think Providence and Stardom maintain a very close relationship from here on out. Um, I think if that if that relationship ever breaks, I don't know if Suzu takes Stardom over Providence. Uh, but I think I don't know. I think for, I for like... everything it's worth, I think for everything it's worth, Suzu will be here for the long run. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like even if that relationship breaks, she would eventually leave Providence because. There's only so much you can do, you know, running in, what, Shinkiba first ring every two months for a show, you know? Yeah. Because after a while, 
that won't be as fulfilling as as it is now when you have the the opportunity to wrestle in these big arenas on the table so preferably you know she would remain available to companies like wave and sendai and all that stuff to do outside work of course that's that's obviously better for everyone um but she's if push came to shove i feel like she would sign rather there was that quote there was that quote where she was like oh i came to stardom to fuck with julia and now she's like i am going to fuck with everybody in this goddamn yeah yeah she like that's like she feels like a part of stardom she embedded herself almost throughout the tournament like which is wild because she she like had a rough tournament obviously she ended up winning a lot of her matches like by the end but she had a rough go of it especially early on right so mm-hmm. like the fact that she kind of just like cements herself is like yeah she she is a very um i don't want to say vital because if she if her if prominence and Storm never collaborated again i wouldn't say that it would like die like Storm wouldn't be like super negatively affected but i would be upset because i think that mm-hmm. she works very very well with the Storm roster and she i mean what top five of the tournament for me like of in terms of wrestlers like top five top six like she's up there uh she had a killer tournament she is doing good stuff in stardom i think she could definitely be a, a mainstay for a while definitely um after that we got a very sharp restart which is probably the only slight issue with how stardom does the gp final day um because we started all over again with uh, the yeah. red stars block for unagi beating momokogo in five and a half minutes uh, for, for reference this was by this point, it was like 2.30 a.m., and I had to work in the morning. So, Momo, Komomo versus Unagi made me very mad. It was a good match. I liked it, but I was just like, I am going insane. <laughs> I'm going to have four hours of sleep, and I did only have four hours of sleep, um, because that's how devoted I am to this goddamn company. But yeah, uh, by this point, I was definitely in, like, I'm going to die mode. But it was a good match. I thought it was it was well done. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, it felt like a very underwhelming cap to the uh, Unagi chasing a victory thing, because obviously Momokogo isn't the like a dominant competitor who's gonna make her the underdog yeah, or anything. Like even even if it was like a punishment thing, this Unagi run was really fucked up. Yeah, like she didn't get a single win over somebody above her. Mm-hmm. Like she 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 could have beat Hameka, she could beat Micah, she could beat pretty much anybody. But she did not get a single win over somebody above her. She only beat Saki, who on any given day is below or above Unagi, depending on just how she feels on that day, and Momokogo, who is actively beneath her. Like that's 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 fucked. That's that's pretty fucked. Well, I mean if they were considering letting her go, then I wouldn't give her any wins either. I'm sorry. Um but yeah. This this felt like a bit of an underwhelming cap to to that story, but it was a solid enough match to you know things going. Not again. to read into anything too much, but Unagi yesterday tweeted that she is the pro wrestler who thinks about nothing but herself. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if like selfishness played into that. Again, this is very like tight speculation. Um, but like <laughs> the fact that she was like she was like I will become a world traveler. I am the selfish pro wrestler who thinks about no one but herself is a very strange last tweet before no longer appearing on stardom shows yeah at least for me again speculative but i don't know i think that's that's an interesting little tidbit yeah who knows um the next match on the show then was a red stars block match saki kashima beat azumi in 44 seconds and what a glorious 44 seconds it was um i one of my first paid articles was about 
the best matches under five minutes. And this would be on there. Um, because they just killed it. Like, I love this so much. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. It's one of those where it, it clearly plays off of all of the established tropes, right? Like, these are two wrestlers who use flash pinfalls to win matches. And they were trying to hit each other's flash pin, which is so, which is always so cool. And then there was reversals of the standard moves. And then finally one of them got it. And it was just so well done. Like, it's about as well done as a 44-second match can be unless they brain each other for the entire time, right? Like, it was just so clever and so well done. And, uh, to, you know, fair play to both of them for making it look so smooth because everything looked seamless, uh, even though they worked at such a high speed. So, um, you know, you people might call you crazy if you say this is a great match, but I mean, for what it was, it was great. It was really well done, you know, and and it was exciting. Like, what more do you want, right? The context surrounding it was also very, very good. Like, very well done. Everything was built great Mm -hmm. for this match, right? So, Azumi, sorry, I hit my mic. Uh, (laughs) Azumi, her birthday, right? It's her birthday. It's her 20th birthday. The first match as an adult. She comes out with new gear. Uh, She's on the verge of winning the fucking block. The day before, she tweets at Saki Kashima, hey, the last time I, I had a match with with a, a Uedo Tai wrestler, I won it in eight seconds. Not the last time. But I remember wrestling somebody from Uedo Tai and beating them in eight seconds. It was Chris Wolf. Shout out. And I think I'm going to do that again. I th- yeah, I think I'm going to do that again. So it was built on this idea that Azumi is at the top of the block, new gear, her birthday, first match as an adult, will win it very swiftly. That was the entire build of the match. And then they did it so well for not even a swerve. Cause like, honestly, you could see the Sakashima win coming, but like just everything pushed it into being like such like a well done story of a 42nd match. Right. It, it just, it paid off every, it just, it was beautiful. It was incredibly well done, as you said. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Even though Azumi lost and it crushed my dreams and my spirit. Um, it was just, it was so well done. Azumi's just that guy, man. She's that guy. She is that guy, pal. Um, yeah. The next match then was Koguma beating Utami Hayashishita in six minutes with a uh, Koguma-style Yoshi tonic. Uh, orange gear Koguma yeah. supremacy. That is the pay-per-view all. gear, brother. Hell yeah. Uh, this was this was really good. Like uh, They worked really well together. Um, and it was a great reminder that Koguma is a very good wrestler after her kind of not trying for most of the tournament. Um, so, I mean, I enjoyed it. And obviously it was never going to live up to the 44 second insanity, but yeah. I thought it was great. And the finish was really well done too. You know, Utami had her up for the uh, the hijack bomb and uh, Koguma reversed it into the Yoshi tonic for the win. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think kind of what I'm hoping, or at least what I've been led to believe is that Koguma is kind of like saving her energy for a very good goddess run. Um, her and Hazuki. Obviously, Hazuki has not been doing that because she's been going fucking ape shit. But I think Koguma's probably, hopefully, uh, saving up for like a a standout goddess run like they did last year. Um, but yeah, her, her tournament was a bit was pretty underwhelming. Um, I mean, most of Red Stars had a rough tournament, I will say, because. Uh, they just had like I don't know like five people who just either couldn't like carry a match or weren't particularly like super like you know invested in their matches. So like the other seven of them didn't really like had didn't have the greatest dance partners in a lot of these shows. Um, but I think this match 
along with some other matches uh, in the block, definitely show that it's like, oh, these wrestlers are very good at wrestling, right? Utami, obviously, incredible. And I think Kogma kind of brought that out of her. Uh, Utami, one funny thing is that it feels like since losing the red belt, she has gotten in on all of the bits that she missed while trying to keep her red belt. Because um, like, it feels like every match, she's doing something funny. Or like, you know, like uh, buying into somebody's bit, right? Like she's doing the, the bear pose to scare the shit out of Kokomo. And then doing like, yeah, I'm the fucking bear, bro. Like, it, like she's just having a good time. And when she has a good time wrestling, and she's definitely improved since, you know, the last time she had a good time wrestling, I guess, before she had the red belt and had to kind of be all serious for that year. Uh, she She's just really good. I think Utami's not, maybe not in her prime, but she's really, she's ready for anything at this point. And Kokomo is obviously, she showed out here, so. Yeah, yeah, great match. Utami's a lot more versatile. Utami's a lot more versatile now that she doesn't feel the need to do the big match stylings. Yeah, um, and, and she was good at the big match styles. And like, of I, course, like yeah. I, I think people, I think people kind of like look back at it a bit less positively uh, as time goes on because it's like, oh, these were very formulaic in a way. I think Utami was really great at what she did, and she's really great at what she's doing now. I think Utami, uh, obviously, she's like the ace like she's the built-in ace uh past mayu right but i think my i think utami doesn't get enough credit for just being and becoming a very versatile wrestler and just being a really great wrestler in general um if anybody's gonna bring natsuko tora in her first match back to like a fun interesting match i think it could be utami i wouldn't go that far i'm really worried about post-injury uh tora but you know that's that's for another day at worst we get we get a new shark suchia man you know, <laughs> maybe um, bring out the scythe. So uh, after this match, uh, a masked figure in a hood waltzes down to the ring, looking like one of the Reapers. You know uh, what's really funny is in the chat we were like, "Oh, brother, another fucking masked figure!" And somebody who was like a minute ahead of us, they were watching another stream. It's like, "It's a good Reaper. Don't worry, it's a good Reaper." <laughs> and yeah, we're like, "Oh." The okay. funny thing is. You could see Tora's sneakers because she had seconded yeah. for a way to tie, and she she yeah. also did her mannerisms, yeah, like, like the is, most like aggressive Tora mannerisms possible. Like this was so funny to me because she went, she was seconding her her stablemates, went back to put on a mask and a and a, a hood, only to get it ripped off within five seconds of getting in the ring. I was like, what is? <laughs> That, like why? Why would you go to all this effort to stab Utami? She rip definitely it off? didn't have to do any of that. No, like she definitely could have just like ran all. in the ring and just fucked her up. And the thing is, you know, Utami was like not not more this than night bullshit. Who the hell are exactly. you? Um, and then it was Tora. Um, so Natsuko is back. She, uh, you know, they saved her grand comeback for this show, and she's she's she was fucked up feuding. her knee again. She did. Um, um, she's feuding with Utami. And the reasoning is very heelish because she was like, you promised when I came back, you'd give me a red belt match. You don't have the red belt. You can't do that. I hate people who break promises. They're like, yeah, you were injured for a year and a half, you bitch. And then it's like, that that's why she's that a heel. So... That's why. But like, that, that's works. It works. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I know. I'm it's... aware. I love it. No, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm not. I just. No, because like, you're right. There is so much like because heel. Heel things are always very similar to each other, and I like it when something makes sense, right? Even if it's like a very, it's a very blatantly like heel thing. It's like it feels so nice to be like, you know what? Valid. You're you're being an asshole, but valid. That makes sense, and like I'm interested in how you feel. 
Whereas, like, a lot of times, it doesn't feel that way. And it just feels like, oh, they're just evil, because, wow. You know, like, I think Natsuko coming back has been, like, it's really made me think, oh, maybe maybe Oedotai has some upside. Maybe Oedotai could put something together that I enjoy. Um, and everybody in Oedotai had a good good night on the show. So, you know, shout out Oedotai. I hate to say it. But shout, yeah. shout out Oedotai. I think everybody had a good night on the show, and it made me positive about Oedotai's future with Natsuko being back in the mix of things. Even just as, like, a mouthpiece more often, mm-hmm. and just, like, talking. Her and promo was very involved. strong. Like, none of the other ways yeah, like people I, could have cut that and, and pulled it I off. I did not... Thank you. Okay, I thought it was fucking crazy. Thank you. <laughs> because, like, I didn't even know what she was saying when I first watched it. But I was like, I believe this. Whatever she's saying, I, be- I believe her. Like, I believe her as a character. I believe, like, her motivations. I can feel it, right? And that's been my issue with a lot of heels in the modern day and with Oedotai over the past, like, year or so. So I'm very happy that Natsuko's back to kind of, like, I don't know, bring a bit more pride to the to the group for me as a as an old head, old head of Oedotai fandom. Totally. Um, I was kind of wondering how she'd slot into a weirdo tie and i suppose that's still to be seen because they as I, i've said a few times like they only hit their groove and she was gone you know um and they've really clicked a lot recently so how is this group gonna work with tora there um and i i, I think that's kind of interesting I, I feel like a lot of people will say oh well she's the leader so Kid and Momo are going to get pushed down. I don't really see her as the leader of Oedo I don't think that's... I think that's oh, she's a really... the leader, but I don't think... No, I, I just see that as a bad necessary. term. That's a bad term for Oedo Tai. She's the commander. She's not the leader. No, she, that, she's the, the, the commander. commander. The commander literally means second in command. Like, well, you know what I mean. She's like, she's no, their strategist, but... and she executes, and she raises hell. She may not be the most pushed one. Like, Momo and Kid will still be at the forefront, and she's well, just... Well, I mean, who's the most pushed wrestler in queen's quest right now it's not utami no and she's but utami is also still like one of the big six essentially whereas natsuko tora is third most pushed in hers you know like i just feel like it's a different thing I, with with tora i think utami can be red belt champ be whenever she wants right natsuko tora can't that's kind of the there's thing. a struggle between natsuko and momo but i think kid is probably still going to be the most pushed um yeah Natsuko and Momo might fight for that kind of space at the number two uh, in terms of like who is the most prominent in the group. But I, I don't think I don't think calling her a leader takes away from that, though. Like, I, I think she's still very firmly the leader of the well, group just because like from a from a like character perspective, she's the leader in terms of push. No, she's not the fucking most push because obviously um, she's older and she just came back from an injury. And just overall, she's not what what you know starum is like looking for unfortunately i think she's really dope but that's just not really she's not what they what they want right um out of like a top three top four pushed person in the company so yeah she's not gonna be the most pushed but i think she's definitely firmly the leader of the group uh regardless of her push and she's also gonna beat utami like oh yeah possibly um I don't know. I just I feel like it's a different way to look at Tora because I never see her as the leader. I feel like she's just the puppet master who is just like cause chaos. Go, let's let's do it. 
then just lets her best fires do it for her. I think that's that's the better way. Um, but yeah, she's back. She's also not wrestled in an hour, in a year and a half. So that's true. <laughs> of um, course, that's how you feel about it. So we're just gonna see how she slots in. Um, but it's it's good to have her back as a mouthpiece, basically, uh, especially if they do let her cut a few more promos. Um, the match after that then was Tam Nakano beating Saki in seven and a half minutes with a violet screwdriver. Um, probably Saki's, oh, I wouldn't say her best match of the tournament. The no, Siri match was better. Um, but this was one I'd of I'd say them. the Siri match and the Izumi match were better. Of course you would. Um, the yeah. Siri match was definitely better. Uh, this, this, this was a strong match though. A lot of good stuff. Uh, they did some nuts head drops. Like they were just, they were going out there. They were doing shit. It was, it was fun. Yeah, I mean it was all right. Yeah. It was it was pretty decent. Um, at uh, Saki couldn't get herself up for the violet screwdriver, so Tam dropped her and just kicked her as mm-hmm. hard as she could in the face, and then hit her with the violet screwdriver and won. Uh, so that was fun. Love to see it. Uh, and it, this this more or less like ensured that Tam would go to the final. Like it was like almost impossible. Like outside of a Shuri win and Shuri going to the finals, which is very like booking mathematically like unlikely. This kind of made it so that she was just winning the tournament mm-hmm. uh not or the block rather so the next two matches kind of suffered from this match but at the same time the next match was one of my favorite matches oh, of the tournament, yeah so dude. i won't say it, it mattered too much it really reset me because like after the saki tam match i was a bit down i was like oh so like nothing matters until i get to watch tam julia yay you know like like that was kind of how i was feeling but then Hameka and micah really just turned my my emotion around turned me uh back can't say that. That sounds weird. Uh, it they really, they really reinvigorated my. How do my you do this? How do you turn nothing into something? That was an accident. Like I do, like I do jokes like that. That was completely an accident. I just talk and I fuck up sometimes. It was amazing. Um, the next match was fantastic, though. Uh, nobody commits violence on each other like best friends and teammates because Micah and Himeka just went to war uh it was it was really great like they were just doing power stuff and there was a lot of big impactful moves a lot of meaty collisions um the only issue really was the finish was kind of weak but I get what they're going for was like a double punch yeah I think that the only like this match could have been like my favorite match of the tournament had the finish instead of the double punch be Micah landing the top rope superplex after like all of the shit that already happened and them just double downing. Um, Cause I'm, I love the double knockout. I think that as a concept of a finish is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I, especially for this match, it, it worked perfectly. Um, but I will say that, yeah, they probably could have just like, or even just like going like and shoulder blocking each other and bumping and then just being double down. I think the, I, I think just because the, the strike didn't connect strong enough, it didn't feel like, you know what I mean? Like, that's literally it. Like, they could have hit that strike, like, ten times harder. It'd be the exact same finish, and it would have been perfect. But I think it just didn't hit quite the way they wanted it to. And it, you know, left the finish a bit bit sour. But I would still say that the match was better than, like... Like, I think the finish did not offset how I felt about the match whatsoever. Um, I, I talk about Micah as a, as a like, you know... Uh, ring general and like how she like deals with moves and whatnot a lot and i think this was like the height of that uh because she and himeka understand each other right they understand their moves they understand like what what they want out of their moves so just watching micah respect the jp coaster 
and give it a, a near fall instead of rolling through it like every other wrestler has in the past two years made me feel like it was dope, right? I was like, oh, that's cool. Micah letting him make a kick out of the Michinoku Driver 2, the first person to ever kick out of it, that's dope. Like, they just, I, they just did everything you want out of two tag team partners who are powerhouses, who you've seen tag together a million times, but you've never seen them wrestle against each other, and they just knew how to do it. They just knew how to work together. And it just was beautiful. It was perfect. Great match. My favorite match of the night, by far, honestly. Um, I, I said that the Mayu versus Kid match is probably the most like technically and classically uh, best move-for-move move match, but this match just, like, it it hyped me up, right? It made me very happy to watch wrestling and very excited to watch wrestling, which is something that when matches do, I, I definitely, you know, I got to respect them a bit more. Uh, and yeah, this was just really beautifully done. I loved it. it All the lariats were just good. They were like, they, they did not miss a single time. For Himeka is uh, almost a miracle sometimes, but. Yeah, because she, she whiffs. She whiffs quite, quite a bit with her strikes. Yeah, she's quite yeah. inconsistent. Like I, I like most of her matches, but she is not like she's not she's not a sharpshooter when it comes to her strikes. Let's put it that way. Um, and she just they just got it. They were completely in sync. It was great. Double knockout finish was beautiful. Even though it could have been done with a better move, still a great finish. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. No. Um. I. I. I'm not a fan of her, uh, the Mishinoku driver kickout. I feel like Micah is one of the few people who has. Like you will always. Well, now she has a spinning one. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like every and I also in think stardom has been like this was my finisher. Now I have a super finisher, and you're just no, no, all no, no, gonna no. kick out the old one. I think personally, this is the Ibushi kickout. Uh, I don't know. Not? Give it to Himeka. It's her tag team partner. It's her best friend. Clearly, I... dude, I saw on Instagram like two days ago that Micah was like bugging Hameka to hang out with her. And Hameka's like, look at this yeah, fucking loser. But, but, this loser. But, they, but they, you save, it makes sense. You save that kick out for, for Saya or something, right? Like your big no, rival. you give that to Hameka. You give that to Hameka. No, you give it to somebody who's pushed. Yeah. Not Hameka. Come on. Keep that. You keep that in the bag. Alex, if we were both wrestlers, I would let you kick out of my finish, and nobody else, because okay. we're buds, because well, no, we're friends. Nobody would kick out of mine. Does that make sense? Sorry about that. You're a piece of shit, that's why. Yeah. You're a selfish I, pro wrestler I, who I, thinks about no one but yourself. I'm going to be the world champion while you're off jobbing, all right? So that's how that goes. I'm going to be fuck world you. champ. What the fuck? You're just being disrespectful now. See, no, you're not kicking out of my finish. Fuck you. Well, I'm, I'm going to Kevin Nash I'm going to go Shinobu Kandori. I'm going to shoot on you. I'm gonna... Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. Make you this is the end of Stardom I'm Quest. Make you retire no. <laughs> Us role-playing wrestlers is what ends Stardom Quest. I mean, it would happen, I think. Yeah. But that, that would be very no, unbound. End of story, I think Micah and Hameka kick out makes perfect sense. I think it works. Especially if Micah doesn't let anybody else kick out. Like, if she yeah. lets Sherry kick out, ah, that's a bit mess. Um, but I think if Micah keeps... It's strong, keeps the Michinoka driver strong, even in the way that she's been doing it, where like she hits it and then doesn't pin them and just like tries for another one or whatever. Like if she keeps it strong in that way, I think you're good. Um, I, I think it's it's a great person to give it to as your tag team partner. And they have a good tag league looking up. Like it looks like they could be the winners um, of this tag league considering their <laughs> their block is kind of a cakewalk, except for FWC. Um, oh, no. Neo Star so Army think... is winning that block. 
let's not talk about that. Um, call him Seven Up. It's a way better name. But no, I I think that like they have a they have a lot. I think this match kind of like made them an even more firm tag team. Uh, yeah, well, they did even skip though, off and I think together. That's what it meant for shoulder to shoulder. That was after, the cutest thing. Nice. That was the cutest thing. Um, what do you what do you say to this? Uh, Micah did Himeka's match style better than Himeka does. Like, I Micah seriously like packed a bit here. She was. Like, I mean, yeah, I I think I think the take that Micah is better than Himeka is is very easy to make. Yeah. Um. Though I think Himeka has a bit more variety to her. Um, but then again, Micah's just like, she's just, she just knows her match, right? She knows her match. She knows other people's matches and she works to them perfectly. Like she doesn't really need to diverge all that much. Um, I guess Micah kind of does cause she's kind of like her match is a bit more hit or miss. So she kind of has to work. I don't know if that makes any sense, but she, it, I think Himeka has more fun matches sometimes, but Micah as a wrestler is a far better wrestler than Himeka is. Um, yeah, and I think she does the power stuff better. Uh, she, I feel like she like believes it, like she has confidence in it almost. I feel like Kameka's never really had a lot of confidence in her power stuff, which is weird because she's probably one of the most powerful, pound powerful people in the company. I mean, but she just doesn't really believe possibly? in it that much. I don't know. <laughs> you're getting all, you're getting quite deep there. Um, I don't know about Kameka's mental state over her her strength. Um, well, no, not not like in a mental state time kind of way, but like in a. <laughs> idiot. My headset fell off. Not, yeah, not even in like a mental, not even in a mental strength kind of way. Oh man, that's how you get me to stop talking is just to fuck up. <laughs> oh man, whatever. Hameka doesn't doesn't do as much like power stuff as I think she could. And we've always criticized her for this is that she could like really just like lean into being this powerhouse monster, but she doesn't. Uh, And I call that not having confidence in it. Uh, You know, she kind of relies on like the power submission stuff that doesn't really work for her. Whereas Micah, it felt like she is smaller. She theoretically, Oh, you don't think Micah's more powerful than Micah because Micah's just a bigger a bigger woman like you would like that's just like you know forehead type of thing but micah believes in every power move she does and she makes it feel powerful right and i think that's the difference between Hameka and micah Hameka has the power visibly and like physically but she doesn't use it to the most of her capabilities micah has probably less power than Hameka does but she makes it look like she has a million times more and i know that's a really strange way to say it but I think Mike is a better power wrestler because she just believes in it a bit more than Hameka does. Right. We can move on. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we do kind of have to finish up. Um, the next match was uh, Risa Sarah beating Siri to uh, send Tam through to the final. Yeah, yeah. that did happen. Um, good match. I, I'll say yeah. good match. Um, not as good as their previous outing, and I think this was kind of like just like Risa Sarah being like, "I'm finally fucking done, thank God." Um, and she just like got to beat because I mean she had she's had like three tournaments back to back to back this year, so she's she's in she's probably tired. Um, and I was just kind of just like a match. I, I thought Risa Sarah kind of like worked the style good. Uh, 
she choked her out, hit a crooked cradle shock, and then a double knees, and only got a near fall because Shuri is that bitch. Um, who is Jade Cargill? That's my question. Um, and then yeah, Risa Sarah won in like a weird air raid crash. Yeah, roll they they, they tried something in this match. Uh, it wasn't as good as their title match because uh, it was a lot more by the numbers. Um, did try something like Siri was doing some really cool submissions, and Risa Sarah was like trying to reverse those with her power stuff. Um, it, it the execution was all right. Like even the finish felt kind of weird because I wasn't sure if it was meant to be an air raid crash or a roll up, yeah. but like it got, it got the job done, I suppose. But it wasn't flawless in the execution. But I did appreciate what they went for. Yeah, that was fine. You know, I I still think Risa Sarah's highlights of her matches have been the fact that she just does not have any control over her swing. Like to the point where I'm I get concerned that she's gonna accidentally like throw them out of the ring and concuss them. Uh, cause she just, she does not like, cause like you watch like Claudio do it and he like stays very like centered. She just goes all around the ring and it's just like, Oh no, I'll stop eventually. And it's like, what do you mean? You'll stop eventually. It doesn't work like that. But yeah. So shout out to Risa Sarah's giant swing. It's a, it's a great spot in my opinion. It is. Um, with that though, we got onto our final. Um, I felt so proud of this because for the tournament, we, we had called this, we had called Julia versus yeah. Tam. Um, and to see it happen I was, I was, was great. I was picking anybody that was not Tam uh, <laughs> out of like, like just like try it, and even you couldn't. You were just like, I, I, I know, know, man. It's it's Julia's yeah. year. It's Julia versus Tam. I can't. Um, I loved so much about this. Uh, this this is maybe better than Saya versus Suzuki for me this year, which makes it my match of the year. Um, just it was so amazing like they picked up right where they left off in terms of the hatred just the pure hatred you know and they were not gonna say it didn't get too cute at times i will give it that like if people didn't like this i get exactly why the when they did each other's signature move and just kept kicking out at one i was like all right guys like this that's a bit shit but I thought they got it back on track enough. Um, that felt like it was the entire match for me, Alex. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was a good match, but if like that, where you say it's like, oh, it got a bit too cute. It felt so cliche the entire time. I thought it was good, right? I thought it was a good match. They did good moves and they worked very well together. Probably my favorite Julia Tam match. I, I haven't been a fan of their pairing ever, um, but I think it was, it was probably their best effort. They've definitely grown since their last uh, set of matches, but I do think that it got very like okay, so we're still doing the no cell kick out, no cell kick out. Uh okay, we're still Oh, elaborate DDT on the ramp. Cool okay. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Okay, that was good. And then I'm like I mean it, it was a good like because I don't want people to get me wrong. I enjoyed the match, I thought it was a good match, but a lot of it was like, oh brother. Like I said oh brother out loud at least three or four God. times during it. I think that's where I that's where it stands, right? It was a good match. I thought it was enjoyable. They didn't dwell on the melodramatics too much. They didn't just like stand there and just like silently like hit each other every ten seconds, like Tam likes to do sometimes. Um, but like it was a good match, but it definitely leaned in a bit too much to the to the cliche tropes that I knew they were gonna do, but they did a lot of them. Um, they did them well at least, so I'll give them that. The, yeah, we're just on two different playing fields there. I don't know. It, it was amazing. Um, 
Yeah, I did like that she pulled out the Northern Lights bomb to win because that was kind of her big yes. move all of last year and, and bringing it back and presumably making her a big move now was kind of a smart choice. Um, there was enough doubt in me that some of the near falls were very good, you know, because I, I, Tam winning wasn't a 0% possibility, you know, there, there was always a chance that they would do Tam Siri again. Um, but I mean, I just think I'm just into it, you know, I, I'm into Julia and Tam. I was into Julia getting her big win. I think that's the most important thing is that, you know, Julia has these two grueling matches against two rivals to have her big career moment. Um, and it's kind of like with this win, with this show, they firmly said, okay, Julia is one of those, you know, because we've known Julia is one of their big stars for years now. But this was the show where they went, okay, we're going to show you, you know, like this was the night that Julia firmly ascended. I feel like she's now on that plane with with Siri and Utami of just you know these are the leaders of of stardom almost and it was it was how they did it you know this this grueling draw with Suzu with so much emotion and then this you know climax to this heated rivalry with Tam where she she just went through it because they were beating the shit out of each other um so i i thought it was an amazing match and an even better cap to to this tournament and an even better moment for julia to to get her win um so yeah all in all this was just perfection well not perfection because i did i did have issues with it but overall there's very few ways to put somebody over as as a top tier star better than this a feud that began with a brawl in their bikinis posted on the tokyo sports twitter page Ends with Julia winning the summer's biggest tournament. What a beautiful story. And yet another case of sexuality not mattering in wrestling. Because who gives a fuck? Because here we are. That's, that's, how this, that's how this feud started, guys. Don't forget that. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it was good. I'm happy Julia won. Uh, I wonder if it's just that easy to legitimize people, though. Because like, they did the same thing with, with Shuri last year. They, to a lesser degree, did the same thing with Utami well, the year I, before I, that. I feel like, like those were different. I, Shuri was made... When she beat Utami, and Utami was made with a five and a half star match, I feel like those were done very differently. Um, I feel like Julia, but people were saying that Julia was made with the shaving of her head. Like that's what I mean. Kind that's of, like, kind is- of that to me never really felt like that tier of top top star. This was it, you no, know, with the crown on her head and the confetti coming down after her two big rivals. This was it. No, I get it. Uh, how, I know we're we're running on time, but uh, how do you feel comparisons between the Shuri uh, two matches and the Julia two matches? Because that was a big, uh, uh, you know. They're very even. Um, I would maybe give the nod to Siri because she obviously had a Takumi match, and that's that's right up my alley. Um, and also yeah. the match with Momo was very me with with them just kicking the shit out of each other. Um. I feel like on rewatch, the Julia matches might go down a bit, whereas in the heat of the moment, yeah. it was I was into it. You know, there was so much excitement. I think that's it. I think that's just it. Is that like I 
was kind of of the belief that's like, yeah, so Julia's winning. Um, I have work in four hours. And I was enjoying the match because I thought the match was good. But I wasn't, like, hanging on the edge of my seat waiting for Julia. Because I, I, like, Julia was going to win. Julia is going to win matches. Like, that. that's very, like, yeah, of course she is. Um, and I think that, like, the inner Julia fangirl in you. And I said this to you after it happened. The inner Julia fangirl in you elevated this match to a level that was, like, it was it's one of if not your match of the year right mm-hmm. um and i i get that right because you do have that inner julia fangirl you do you have been on the julia train uh since before we started this podcast long before most people were on the julia train mm-hmm. um definitely long before i was so i i definitely think that it's just like the tie you have to this uh and julia finally winning this tournament um after years of just like you know, slipping up last year, she got injured, whatnot. It had that emotional impact. I felt like the emotionally impactful match Julia had on this night was Suzu. Like for yeah. me, like I was like, yeah, Julia got her win, and then later she'll obviously win because why wouldn't she? That was that was how I saw it, right? So this match definitely went down in like how I emo- it was emotionally impactful to me. So I get why it's definitely high up there. Um, and I think that Momo versus Shuri last year, not only was it emotionally impactful, I watched it back. It was just a great match. I think it was it was by far like the match of the year last year, uh, only close to the Utami uh, Shuri draw, right? So I, I take that and the Takumi match over these two, but I get where you're coming from because you're just a bigger Julia fan than I am, right? Like that just makes sense. Yeah, well, that's almost the entire point of wrestling sometimes is uh, to go yeah. on the journey, I guess. Um, I mean... Azumi wrestles Starlight Kid in the final of the five star next year. It's my favorite match of all time. You know, I'm like, I mean, like, let's let's call a spade a spade. Like that, that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, so I get it. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's part of pro wrestling almost. And I, I mean, if the in ring stuff didn't live up. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, but I did. You no, know, I did think the in ring stood up. Um, I guess I just buy into Julia and Tam more because I enjoyed it from the second match i want to say like i've enjoyed it ever since then maybe the third um i don't know i just uh thought it was great i thought it was excellent yeah i only uh, i only liked their fourth match really? that's kind that's of that's the only one i liked wow and i i was like yeah that was okay that was, that was decent <laughs> i after. don't know you're like, you're, you're something else um what was that though i thought that was an excellent show uh best way to cop off the tournament uh i don't think it's a stretch to say this is the best tournament Yoshi wrestling has ever had maybe I don't want to go that far I don't know about that catch, no. catch the wave used to be like some god tier shit um, the Japan Grand Prix was never really that well done so I don't know if AJW ever did a tournament this good because I mean like what do you count as a tournament because I mean like Big Egg was pretty fucking I mean it was a mm. decent tournament and it was also yeah. like a huge G-tops endeavor tops yeah exactly yeah. that's okay there's, round there's robin been... round robin tournament okay best, best round robin tournament probably yeah because um, i don't know though some of those probably. catch the waves were uh were pretty amazing yeah. too but i mean the fact that stardom is I doing think that... stuff that good is is amazing to me yeah. i think it's great um really at a golden stretch with stardom because they have a roster that is so good it is impossible to be bad you know like even when things don't line up the wrestlers are just going out there and killing themselves almost to put on amazing shows it is it is something to behold really yeah um i i agree it's probably the best very long tournament 
Uh, did you watch every single match? I forget. Did you skip any? I probably missed out on a handful. Yeah. See, I watched all 158 matches of this tournament. Uh, let me check the stats. Uh, 130 of them were good. 13 of them were, like, great. Uh, which, considering that, like, most years, most tournaments have, like, three great matches, uh, I'll, I'll give it I'll give it that credit that it's one of the best round round tournaments I've ever seen. Um, the final last year was probably better, like the final day. I preferred that last year. Uh, but again, I was probably like a bigger, I was more like invested last year, I guess, which is funny to say considering I watched 158 matches. Um, but yeah, I think I think this tournament was great. I do. Uh, it was very long, a lot of matches. It over it oversaturated and overexposed a handful of people, which was not great. But it also kind of like made you realize that it's like, oh, Micah is like incredibly consistent. Oh, X is incredibly consistent. Why is it like it? It kind of has a double-edged sword type of thing. Um, I'm gonna run down the rewards real quick. So Mariah won the Tech Award. Uh, Azumi won the Fighting Spirit Award. Only person to ever win four straight awards in the five star, by the way. There's a reason she's the goat. Um, Saki won the Outstanding Performance, which is the Upset Award. Uh, Whoever beats the Yokozuna gets that award, and she's beaten five yokozunas it feels like uh and then the blue stars match of the tournament was talsai and suzu they had to keep <laughs> they had to share the tournament or the trophy it was very funny uh the red stars match of the tournament was micah and Hameka. they looked incredibly gay when accepting the award oh, and yeah. i loved it uh shout out to them and the runner-up was obviously tamikano and the winner the queen of the summer is julia yeah. um yeah um tom Crazy tom tournament. bowing to julia uh, on her way out was was very impactful i thought yeah. Um, we're gonna wrap it up because we've been going a long time. Um, what I want to do first is, uh, what are your top three matches of the tournament now that it's finished? Uh, start with number three. Why not? Um, actually, it might be easier to start from number one because I feel like this is easier to go down than up. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what my number three is. My number one is still Azumi Shiri, just because I'm a mark, oh. right? Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's my favorite match of one of my favorite feuds. So, mm-hmm. of course, Play. I like that. Um, I wonder what your number one is, Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, that's Tom Julia. That's uh, yeah. It's your number you two. Cliche. <laughs> um, my number two is is Mike Hameka from last. Whoa. Night, from the last. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. All right. I mean, was, was it was it Rodrigo who said, "Oh, that was Dylan's match of the year." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "It's close." I mean, it's not my match of the year. Match of the year is not on my match of the year list, like in terms of wrestling, like all time, like the entire year. But it's it's definitely one of my favorite of the tournament. It just it brought me back from like a point where I was like, "Oh, okay, so I know what's happening tonight." Like, there's no surprise for me, and then that match surprised me, right? So that that kind of gave it gave it a bit of a bit of a, a nudge for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, my number two also comes from the last day. It was Julia versus Suzu. It's a very, very Julia heavy list. Yeah. You know, Julia was Actually, no, it's the not. best wrestler no, of the tournament. No, I am incorrect. It is Saya and Hizuki. I'm sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Julia had the best tournament. In, like, my math, cal- my my wrestler of the year calculator for this tournament, Julia, by far, had the best tournament. Oh, yeah, she um, was killer. So, like, yeah. Uh, my number three is Suzuki Saya. Yeah, Suzuki Saya. Yeah, my number three then is uh, uh, Suzu and Julia. 
kind of a toss-up between uh, the Saya Hazuki and the Mayu Starlight Kid match, mm-hmm. but I think I'm sticking with uh, Hazuki Saya. There were a lot of good matches too. Yes, I mean, yeah, like, we like I we said, could like, have gone to like 13. five or ten. <laughs> I, yeah, I have I have thirteen matches, like I said, that are like actively stand above the rest. Yeah. Uh, I will say, your number one is not on that list. It's okay. I don't mind. And I say that I do, but it's it's fine. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's that's our five star coverage over and done yeah. with. Uh, we'll probably have to record in a few days' time to preview the shows this weekend uh, because I thought I was going to get a break there, from this goddamn company. There are some really <laughs> interesting matches this weekend that I know uh, we should talk about. Uh, until then, though, uh, let's hope nothing huge breaks on Unagi. If it does, we'll talk about it on the next show. Uh, thanks for joining us for all of this five star Grand Prix goodness. Uh, hope you enjoy the uh, Julia thriving era that we are in. And with that, I should close the show. When's it Azumi's time? <laughs> she stops being a nerd. Don't, don't answer me. Don't. <laughs> Fuck you. All right. No, that's not right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close the show. If you want to stand, you yeah. may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Leave today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Joe. Joe! Felt like yelling that time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's fun to go twice as hard as everyone else this time of year. That's why Dunkin' doesn't stop at just one signature holiday latte. So, they made two. Both handcrafted with rich espresso and topped with whipped cream. The holiday classic Peppermint Mocha features notes of mocha and cooling peppermint. While the toasted white chocolate is complete with creamy white chocolate flavor and cinnamon sugar dustings. They'll help you show the holidays a thing or two. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.